Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello, hello everyone. This is Suzanne Knabernikol from Police Science Doctor with your weekly dose of police science snippets. As every Tuesday, I'm bringing to you three bits of research that has been found out in the fields of investigative psychology, police science, evidence-based policing, criminology, and all those related fields to bring to you, the practitioner, because the purpose of Police Science Doctor is to be that bridge from the research to the practice doing people. So I do that in the form of these um, broadcasts, as you can see on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube trying to get it done oh and on twitter or x but i'm also trying to get it set up on instagram i haven't managed to do that yet um but the other way in which i get these to you is on the <clears throat> is through the police science doctor email list so if you've signed up to this free list you will get these research snippets straight into your inbox every tuesday with the link to the original research and when you join the list, you will also receive the password to access the read page on the Police Science Doctor website on which you can download all the previous snippets. So there's a library of 162 other PDFs with three snippets each. So you do the math of how many snippets you can access. And because every one of you is in some kind of different role and a different place around the world, I can't promise that there will be something relevant to your particular job every week, but I'm sure there will be something in that big library of snippets. And it's free to join and you can leave anytime. There's no risk really. So just Google police science, you'll find the website police science doctor and get onto it. There will be a form that pops up, just fill in your details and you'll be on the list. If it doesn't pop up, it might be blocked. Just scroll down to the bottom of the page of every page. So the first snippet from this week uh, for this week is about indoor situational crime prevention. Um, ensuring good overview and lines of sight, as well as clear separation of activities and signage, helps to reduce crime within libraries. Now, you might be thinking, well, I don't work in a library house, it's relevant to me. However, this is quite interesting research because there, <clears throat> we have got some information on situational crime prevention. For example, the very straight lines that you have, um, the, the, the straight design of the street system and road system in urban places in America, for example, is actually conducive to crime. It makes people, it enables people to get away quickly. Whereas if you've got a more enclosed community where there's only one way in, one way out, that discourages crime a little bit. So we know a little bit about some of the aspects of situ situational crime prevention and designing out crime when it comes to outdoor locations. However, not so much when it comes to indoor locations. So this research that was done on libraries I think in the Netherlands, found that there are things you can do to reduce crime within the within buildings as well. Making sure there's more light, making sure that people who are working there can see things better, but also other people can see things better. So there's just a few things that they needed to change about the design. And you can apply that to other things that are indoors. You can maybe apply that to shops. Um, they're talking about the signage to make sure that people know where they're going, that uh, different activities, different areas are separated. So you don't have so many strollers around thinking, you know, where, where am I? What's going on here? Where you've got clear activities, you can see um, there's there's it's easy to overview and there's light, similar to how you would want to design a neighborhood or prevent 
burglaries by making sure you can see things and there's a lot of light there. So just think about what other areas you could apply this to. The second snippet for today is about the, the three verdict system. The Scottish three verdict system, guilty, not guilty or not proven, was compared to the Anglo-American two verdict system, guilty or not guilty. The odds for a conviction by a juror are about 40% lower under the three verdict system than under a conventional two verdict system. So this is quite interesting. I have been wondering about this three verdict system. I quite like the idea of having an outcome that says not proven. It doesn't mean that you're not guilty. It means that there's no evidence to convict you or not enough evidence to convict you. However, I believe that this is actually being reviewed and I think the Scots are considering switching over to a two verdict system as well. <clears throat> Given that the three verdict system leads, leads to fewer convictions that might be not surprising, some of these people should probably be convicted whilst others should not. And the third snippet for today is about rape myth acceptance. So this was done um, at a university campus, I think in Canada or America. Among South Asian students being male, having traditional attitudes towards South, South Asian women and holding patriarchal beliefs are strong predictors of rape myth acceptance. Rape myths are attitudes and beliefs that are generally false but are widely and persistently held and that serve to deny and justify male sexual aggression against women. For example, if she was drunk, you know, it's, it's sort of her fault. If he was drunk, it's still her fault. If she was wearing XYZ, she was asking for it. She shouldn't have done this. She shouldn't have done this rather than actually he shouldn't have raped her. So this rape myth acceptance is higher and um, males who come from a patriarchal society and have traditional views of their female counterparts. <clears throat> so there might so the implication of this obviously what could you do with that information? You know, have some educational um, campaigns, events, whatever going on at these um, college campuses um, to try and deal with that problem. So these were the three snippets for today. As as I've said before, I hope that you find this useful. I think actually for this week, let me just check quickly. I think all the art, all three articles are open access. That means that in the email that you um, that you received from me, if you are on the list, you can click on the link to the research. You will be able to read the whole article. That is not always the case, and when it isn't, I'm I'm afraid that's out of my hands. I've got no control over it. It's the publishing journal or the publisher of the journal. So some journals will allow you free access, others want a subscription and obviously then it will be based on your, your subscription status or whether your um, employer, your organization is subscribed. But this week you can access all three articles, which is good. There is more of this open access publishing done, which I think is good because you guys already paid tax. Um, tax in part paid for universities, but obviously now students pay for universities as well, at least in England. And then when people are publishing things, the author doesn't get paid, the researcher doesn't get paid, um, the people reading the reviews, the peer reviews don't get paid, the um, journal gets paid. And obviously, to some extent, they do need to get paid, otherwise we wouldn't have any. Um, but I think knowledge should not be behind these subscription walls. So anyway, enough of my views on this. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll see you again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. 
Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts. <laughs>